if we like to celebrate communion. Communion is our remembrance of the great sacrifice that happened. We have the bread that represents his body. We have the wine, the juice, that represents his blood. At One Life, we like to have you come down the center aisle and then go back up the side aisles. On my right, your left, you will see some gluten-free option. And when we come to the table, we take a piece of bread and we dip it and soak it in that juice. And I always like to think of that as sort of the watering of the Holy Spirit. I know that sounds really dumb, but you see the bread just sort of expand. And without, without the Holy Spirit, I couldn't do what I do, and none of us could. So see it as representing that, if you like. You can take communion any time in the next four songs, and the table is open. Oh, so, sorry. Also, we have prayer. Prayer will be to my left, your right, um, and come and pray about anything, whether it's the smallest owie on your toe all the way through to life-altering stuff. Prayer's just good, so come and pray. And with that, we'll continue to worship. Oh, 
I sing your hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Yeah. Let's sing that again. Your love never fails. Your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up.
be seated. <laughs> Fantastic. I do have a microphone. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to One Life Community Church. My name is Rich, and it is a pleasure to be with you this morning. 
As we continue in our service, we have um, a wonderful privilege, um, that of having a baby dedicated this morning. And uh, I'm very excited for the opportunity because I had the privilege and honor of doing this um, with their first son. So I would like to invite Robert and Jennifer Martin, their son Matthew, and their son Thomas to come forward. Uh, The Martins are doing so because they are having Thomas dedicated this morning. And Matthew is looking smashing with this bow tie. (laughs) Nice work. (laughs) There we go. Hello. Hi. Not snacks. As a church, we believe this dedication is significant because it publicly affirms Jennifer and Robert and their decision to commit Thomas's life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And their decision today provides a foundation for Thomas to grow in his understanding of God so that he might willingly submit his life to Christ when he's older. Earlier, he was wearing uh, candy corn PJs. They were pretty awesome. But he's wearing a shirt right now that says blessed, which is very true, even though he might not be as super excited about this. At this time, I would like to uh, invite Jennifer to share a few words about Thomas and this dedication. Sorry, he's getting hungry. <laughs> um, so we named him Thomas Henry, and he's named after uh, family members on both of our sides who, um, one is past, but who are known for being men of God and men who love people, um, which you can't really ask for your son to be any better than someone who loves God and loves other people. So that's what he's named after, and it's a family uh, outfit he's wearing. Amen. Well done. Well, with that, I'd like to invite uh, to ask you guys a few questions. First is, Robert and Jennifer, knowing that Thomas is a gift from God and belongs to God, hi, buddy, will you love him and raise him up in the training and instruction of the Lord? Will you do all that you can to allow him to experience God's grace and forgiveness and to grow in trust of our Lord? If so, would you please answer, we will. We heard that. Fantastic. One reason we dedicate children in the midst of this gathered space of worship is that we believe that the opportunity to discipline and to raise children is a community affair. And so what I'd like to do is invite you all to stand. And as we do, we recognize we have friends and family of the Martins here, too. We want to say thank you for being here. It's great to have you here. But the question I have for you, congregation of One Life Community Church, do you acknowledge that Thomas is a gift of God entrusted to this congregation? And do you promise to care for him and to live in a way that will demonstrate to him the love and grace of our Lord? If so, would you please all say, we do. Oh, I love that. Let us pray. Thomas, we do pray for you, young man, that you would grow in your understanding of who God is. And as a result, you would choose on your own a relationship with him. We thank you for your family and their decision to do all that they can to raise you well and to bless you and to take care of you and to share Christ with you. We pray that you would strengthen them to do so, strengthen us as a church to participate and cooperate in that. And Thomas, as a result, I dedicate you to God for the rest of your life to love, to worship, and to serve him wholeheartedly in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'd like to invite you to stay standing as we sing the Lord bless you and keep you together.
Again, good morning and welcome to One Life Community Church. My name is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here uh, and just want to extend a special welcome to you and uh, thanks for being here this morning uh, with us. Uh, if you could take a moment, I have a couple announcements I want to highlight and first amongst those is inside your bulletin is something we call a connection card and it is designed to do exactly that. If you have questions, comments, uh, any of the announcements you have you want to find out more information about, one of the best ways to let us know is write it down on that connection card. Uh, and then at the end of the service, you can put those in the wood boxes that are over uh, on the back by the doors. Uh, if this is the first time you filled out one of those cards, we will uh, donate $5 to Living Water International on your behalf. So if you'd please take time to do that today, that would be, that would be great. A uh, couple of other announcements. Uh, coming up is our fall retreat. It's going to be uh, at Lakeside Bible Camp from November 14th through the 16th. Uh, the last couple of weeks we've had sign up downstairs in the commons, but today we've got it out in the foyer at the information table. So uh, on your way out, if you want to sign up for it, that would be great. It's going to be an amazing time of worship, prayer, fellowship, community, and fun for all ages. The theme is going to be uh, connecting right into our Rhythm Sermon Series, and then we're going to be exploring the practices of listening and testimony. And so this is going to be a great time for us to all be together and sort of begin to explore in some day-to-day -day kind of ways as we bump into each other. What do these uh, rhythms of listening and testimony mean? So please, uh, if you can sign up for that as soon as possible, that would be great. Uh, also, today, downstairs in the lower fireside room, we have the Scholastic Book Fair for the One Life Tutoring Ministry. Uh, so you can purchase books for your family and friends, and then 40% of the sales of those books is going to go towards books for students in the tutoring program. Uh, there's also a link inside your bulletin that you can uh, sign up for electronic books. Uh, the other thing I want to let you know about that is when you go into the lower fireside room downstairs on the doors you will find a wish list and that's for the students who are in the tutoring ministry so if you want to buy a book to donate to that ministry there's we've actually had the kids in the program say these are the books i would like so it's a great way to minister to them uh, and they get to receive a cool book that they they actually want so uh, please take a moment to check that out this morning downstairs in the lower fireside room uh, attention, ladies, uh, mark your calendar for November 1st at 9.30 at Brian and Amy Lake's house for a breakfast and craft time. Bring a breakfast treat to share and some crafts you're working on for a time of great food, uh, good conversations, and craftiness. Uh, for more information, you can contact Amy Lake. I don't know if Amy's at this service, uh, but write that down in your bulletin. I think there's contact information for her in there. Please, uh, again, this would be a great gathering. Uh, last is our campus shuttle at One Life. We have strong connections with college students. They're part of our history and, and part of how our church started, and so we've maintained that over the years. And so if you are interested, we have a shuttle 
uh, the shuttle that goes to SPU and to the University of Washington for our second service. So if you're interested in taking advantage of that, let us know by writing Campus Shuttle on your connection card. Or if you go on our website, and I think even uh, on the slide, there's a phone number. You can text One Life Ride, and we will get you set up with a ride uh, from one of those two campuses. Uh, that's it from uh, up front. If you uh, can check through your bulletin, there's lots of other announcements in there. Uh, this time we want to release the kids to kids' life. And uh, when you hear the music, uh, the band back up here, you'll know it's time to get things going again. Thank you. in the line. 
to One Life Community Church. My name is Brian, and I'm the worship director here. And uh, before we begin, please hear that uh, it is, as always, a joy to be here with you, even in this different capacity this morning. Uh, And we're in the seventh week of our sermon series called Rhythms, where we're exploring some of the rhythms and practices that we do as a community in this place, and how those rhythms are birthed out of the long history of a church that's rooted in the words of Jesus. We that we call the Great Commission. Uh, Now, I preached a couple weeks ago on the rhythm of worship. and gave a bit of a spoiler as to what we're talking about today, and that's singing. Uh, Singing is an act that we do every week, and and we do it a lot, but we don't often talk about why we do it. Sometimes it feels like we just assume that it's something we do without really asking the question why. And that's okay sometimes, but occasionally we need to revisit what we do and why we do it. Does this still make sense for us? What are we actually doing here? In short, why do we sing? It's this unique act. Singing doesn't have much of a parallel as far as anything else in our service goes, um, and it's something that's significant enough for us to spend 
uh, about half our services each week doing. And it's because music affects us, right? Probably all of us can think of an experience where a song hits us somewhere deep within us. The moment where a song comes on and it feels like your whole world slows down for a second. Or it draws some emotion out of you so acutely that it almost catches you off guard. Or when a song comes on and you remember where you were and what you were doing the first time that you heard it. I have a song that I listen to on the first sunny day after a long period of rainy days here. Uh, when the city just like comes alive and people are actually talking to each other and smiling and being friendly and nice. Uh, I have this song that I, that I turn up as loud as I can because it, it just perfectly captures that feeling. It, it locates me in that moment, in this place, in the experience of being here, and it connects something in the depths of my soul with what's happening around me. Around my honeymoon with my wife, we were up on Mount Rainier, and we were driving down from sunrise, and we were listening to a song by the, the band Cigarose, and looking at the Tatush Range with Mount Adams in the background, and seriously, like, it's <laughs> the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Um, that's because the music captured the beauty of the moment and drew out awe in us for what we were witnessing. And I could tell you a thousand stories of a thousand songs that connect to something in a deep way that was almost beyond words. And I'm sure that for every story that I could tell you, you could share one back. Music connects with us in this deep, deep way. A way that speaks something that is beyond words. But that doesn't really address the question of why do we sing, does it? Why not just say it in pretty ways? This is a question that various people throughout the history of the church have tried to answer in different ways. And I always... I always bring up this history of the church thing because it's important for us to see like where these conversations have come from um, and where what we do is come, comes from. Like We're rooted in a long history of stuff. Uh, and singing, conversations about why we sing and actually doing the act of singing is something that's rooted in that all the way back to Jesus. Uh, singing has always been part of our worship as Christians. But how and why we do it has been an ongoing process of exploration and conversation. One common thought is that we sing to teach theology and scripture. Certain streams of the church have placed prime emphasis on the words that are sung, on the words that are sung, treating music as the vehicle of the words. But again, if that's the case, why not just say it? Why sing? It seems to be a pretty utilitarian understanding of singing to say that it's uh, just the vehicle for words. And that seems true with our experiences of music. Part of what makes the word so effective and impactful to us is the music behind it, the melody, the harmonies, the way the instruments and the voices interact with each other. It's the whole package that actually connects with us. And it's more than just an intellectual, cerebral sort of way. It's visceral. It's soulful. It connects down in the depths of our being. I have a quick clip of a song by a composer named Arvo Perret um, that demonstrates what I'm talking about. There's not any words to it. It's purely instrumental. But uh, as we listen to it, listen to how your body feels as you hear it. What are you doing physically? Where does your mind go? What are you feeling? Nathan, if you could play it.
see what I mean? When I hear it, I relax. My mind slows down. And honestly, it makes me want to cry every single time I hear this because it sounds like an encounter with something good and holy. And there are no words to it. It just hits deep within my being. This is what music does. When we add the element of singing to it, when that sort of thing that we just heard intersects with language, the primary way that we communicate with people, something powerful happens. Something that connects our minds and our bodies together. And this is all part of this fascinating conversation about why we sing that has happened throughout church history. Do we sing to communicate thoughts and teaching in pretty ways? Or is there something more going on? Why do we do this? Well, the Bible isn't really much less ambiguous as to why we sing, other than that it seems to honor the fact that music and singing are this unique, specific way of connecting the mind with the body and expressing something that words alone aren't sufficient for. The Old Testament isn't clear as to why we sing, but it is full of singing. The Psalms are the songbook of the people of God, of the Hebrew people. They contain the fullness of the human experience. Jubilant celebration, desperate longing, deep grief, and hopeful expectation. Songs also accompany significant moments in the lives of characters in the Old Testament. When Moses leads the Israelites out of Egypt and they're finally free from the Egyptians, both Moses and his sister Miriam lead the Israelites in singing. When Hannah gives birth to the prophet Samuel, who becomes the last judge of Israel before the kings, like the guy that anointed King David, who's a pretty big deal in the Old Testament, she sings. Singing in the Old Testament is a way of expressing deep, deep emotion, celebrating the fullness of our experience, telling stories of what we have been through and where God has been with us, both bodily and intellectually. And the New Testament doesn't offer a whole lot more in terms of clarification as to why we sing. But singing does show up in the narrative sections of the New Testament. The most notable occurrence, I think, is in, in Luke, when Mary meets Elizabeth, and they find out that they're both pregnant, Mary with Jesus and Elizabeth with John the Baptist. And Mary finds out and bursts into singing. Now, the only place we really get any instruction about singing is in Ephesians 5, verses 18 to 20, which are behind me, hopefully, if this thing works right. Yeah. Um, it says, Be filled with the Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oops on two slides. Look at that. Uh, Paul doesn't really say why we sing, just to do it. But the context of this little passage uh, is in the middle of this whole big section of how we're to live together. Paul's outlining the ways in which we're to live as the people of God. And it builds around this point here to sing together. Singing for Paul is incredibly bodily. It's rooted here and now in us. We said earlier that one way that the church has thought about singing is that it's to communicate teaching and theology. And I think that's in no small part because we're afraid of ourselves. 
as if we believe that we're all inherently bad. Augustine, one of the early church fathers, was one of the first to really write about music and how we as the church should interact with it. He thought music was great. He loved it. He thought it was awesome and it was super helpful to him. But he was also afraid of it. He thought it was dangerous. He was afraid of where it might lead him if he allowed it to impact his body too much. And that's something that's rooted deeply in his own story and the remnants of that story carrying and this this thought carried throughout the life of the church and forming this idea of music as teaching uh, during the Reformation. And like during the Reformation, the Reformers emphasized this idea that music and singing was to teach theology. But the Bible, I argue, tells a different story. Singing in the Bible is an act of making ourselves whole, right with the world, not fractured or lost or broken. It's a way of glimpsing what God is about. And that's precisely because singing is bodily. Singing connects the body and the mind. It's what the work of the Spirit is, making us whole. And when we sing, our bodies and our minds are completely present. We have to use our bodies and our minds to sing. And when we sing in worship as the church, our minds and our bodies turn to God. But see, the biggest thing that, the, that singing does is that it unifies us. It makes us interact with each other and with ourselves in a way that is wholly unique to this act of singing. When we sing, we have to listen to both ourselves and to each other. And to build on what we talked about a couple weeks ago, we have to listen to the rhythm section that is the triune God. This isn't a losing ourselves in the collective. It's not a giving, like, like a, us disappearing into the whole. It's a way of participating in our own unique ways to create something beautiful with each other. When we sing, it's something that unifies a collective. Even when we sing alone, like if you've got the radio blasting and you're singing along, your voice is not a pure note. Even if I sang a note like, ah, it's not pure. There are overtones and harmonies and harmonics involved, not harmonies, <laughs> different thing. Um, so see if you can hear this. I'm going to do an illustration up here. I have this awesome little keyboard here that can play, this thing is so cool, um, that can play a pure note, a pure tone. So have a listen. It's, that's the actual tone. It sounds like almost sterile and, and clean. Now if I go over to the keyboard here and I play the same note, There's a richness to the note, a fullness to it. There's harmonic and overtone, and it, it fills out the note a lot more than the, the single solitary tone, which is actually not something that's even found in nature. Um, and this is true when we sing alone. Like, our voices carry harmonic and overtone with them. It's a, it's a, even our own voice singing a single note is a, is a, a collective of notes. Uh, but this is even more true when we sing together. Uh, Steve Guthrie is a theologian who's done some significant work around music and theology, and he says that singing creates, go quote. (laughs) He says, this is a long quote, so I apologize. Um, As we sing together, we attend to the activity of our own bodies in making sound, and we regard and respond to our own song as we hear it resonate in the space around us. 
we hear and attune ourselves to the sound of others' voices. We respond not only to people, but to the physical qualities of the sound we are creating with others and the physical and acoustical properties of the space in which we sing. Moreover, we submit ourselves together to a tempo, a pattern of melody and rhythm, and we respond dynamically to the shape and movement of our musical interaction. Hearing music as music means moving in sympathy with the imagined life in the sounds. Musical hearing makes us aware of the world as a place of encounter and interaction between what is within and what is outside us. Music connects us to ourselves, each other, and the world around us. We need our bodies and our minds to sing. We interact and listen to each other when we sing together. When we sing together, the space around us responds. It resonates and echoes. We interact with that space, too. I mean, as I'm talking, as I stop, you can hear my voice echo in this space. The space is responding. The movie August Rush puts it this way. You know what music is? God's little reminder that there's something else besides us in this universe. A harmonic connection between all living beings everywhere, even the stars. I've got a video clip that demonstrates this connectedness in a way that's clearer than even talking about it. It's a, it's a clip of a piece by a composer named Eric Whitaker. And part of what Whitaker does is he really wants to show this mysterious and I would argue divine, holy act of connection that happens with music. Uh, for some of his pieces, he does all choral stuff, and for some of his pieces, he posts sheet music online with a video of him conducting to a master track. And people around the world can record themselves singing a part, and then will send him the video, and he puts it all together into this giant virtual chorus, is what he calls them, and posts them on YouTube, and it's awesome. Um, this is his second effort at it, and it's a, it's a, it's a uh, piece called Sleep. It's a few minutes long, so you working?
Is that not wicked cool? I don't love that. Um, I show you that because of this. Music, singing, voices, the shared life of the church. It's how we practice doing this communal thing that we call the church. It's a way of actually doing this unified communal act of life together that helps shape and frame our minds and bodies and emotions and souls to look towards God and what God is doing in the world. Singing is a means by which the Holy Spirit makes us people who feel and respond. When we, start, when we sing, we are drawn out of ourselves and start to notice our world around us, the people around us, and how we interact and move in that world. In singing, we move in a dance of sympathy with, the, with others who are singing, and we're drawn into our bodies and out of our heads so that we can see beyond ourselves and how we fit and move and act and live as the body of Christ. It's how we participate in the kingdom of God. Part of the series is about how these practices and rhythms come out of the Great Commission. And singing is this way of actually embodying, living into the kingdom of God that Jesus asks us to live into when we go and make disciples. That communal life is part of being and making disciples. It's harmonizing with the rhythm, that is, the rhythm section that is the triune God. Even, even here when the band is on stage, like we aren't playing music for you to sing along with. We need you to make it complete. To be a community together that tries to tap into something deeper than words by themselves can communicate. We sing because deep within us there are things that can't be said with just words. We need melody and harmony. And it doesn't even necessarily have to sound good, but it's within us and we can't escape it. We see it in little kids. My one-year-old daughter walks around singing little melodies all the time. She can't talk yet, but she still speaks in singing. This is what I mean by singing being something deep within us. We say much, much more when we sing than we do when we just talk. And when we do that, we see more of ourselves and more of each other and more of who God is. In reality, it seems a little silly, (laughs) to talk about singing and like when I was when we were talking through this series and this sermon I was like we're just going to sing for 25 minutes Um, but it seems a little silly to just talk about singing and how it says so much more than talking and so what I'd like to do is sing together Uh, I'm going to invite John up um, he's going to lead us in a couple old hymns that we should most of us should be pretty familiar with and as we sing I invite you to listen to yourselves how do you feel as you do this physically emotionally intellectually And as we do this, I invite you to listen to each other. What do you hear around you? So let's sing. And I'll come up and we'll do some connection cards after that. Trust him in his 
bulletins you have a connection card uh, so if you could take those out I have a couple questions for you uh, just to respond with and as you do that the worship team the rest of the worship team can come back up right. so a few questions first as you sang how did you feel physically emotionally intellectually how did you respond what was going on for you second as you sang and listened to others around you, what did you hear? Third, we hit on a few big points as far as what singing does. Um, it unifies our whole person. It makes us look outside of ourselves. It unifies us as a collective of individuals walking together with Jesus. What of these points, if any of them hit you? Where did you agree, disagree, want to know, want to like explore more and interact with more and converse more about um, yeah. So as we sing, we're going to sing one more song. And uh, as we do that, if you could uh, write on your correction cards, that'd be great. And let's pray. <laughs> 